It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Monday, February 12th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that says, uh, you know, the Flyers got off to a great start coming back from the All-Star break with three wins. They got the three wins. They still got some issues. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Lockdown Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LockedOnNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper terms of use for details. You can find us over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, We did get that third win in a row against the Seattle Kraken on Saturday night. Uh, it was an interesting setup to the Flyers lineup, and I think they tried some new things in that game, which we'll get into. Uh, but the upshot, Igor Zamula scratched. Risto was back in. Um, Ali Lixell has not been returned to Lehigh Valley, but is sitting in the press box uh, pretty consistently right now. Uh, what do you think of all that aspect of it, Russ? Yeah, the aspect of Lixell sitting eludes me. He, you know, it doesn't help the organization that A, he's sitting in Philly and B, he's not in Lehigh. He needs to be playing somewhere. He should be playing in Philly because, you know, he should be getting rewarded for having a good season, but he's he wasn't. So that's one thing. And the other thing is now it looks like Zamula, unless they're playing 11-7, isn't going to play. And so, like, the commitment to playing him now is going to be up to the organization if they trade a defenseman. Because if they don't trade a defenseman, I don't see a lot of playing time coming Zamula's way, except when they play the occasional 11-7. Yeah, I think that is a more difficult part of it for me, um, more than anything. And I, I, I agree with you about Lixell. He should be playing um, if he wasn't going to play, and especially because they were playing at home. Um, yeah. Maybe it's because the Phantoms uh, were on the road in Bridgeport, uh, that they didn't want him too far away. Uh, but I, I think that uh, he Lixell needs to just play, whether it's with the Phantoms or with the Flyers is kind of debatable, I guess. But one thing is that Delorier, again, I, I don't know what he contributes that Lixell couldn't in the game. I think that's part of it. And then the other part is, you know, what we've been talking about. You put Risto back in and you go with six defensemen. I like that there's six defensemen, but but I think Zamula is the better option than Ristolainen right now. And once again, you know, while they were the third pairing, which I think is a better slot for them, ultimately, uh, Sealer Walker needs to get broken up just so we can figure this out. break him up, Rachel. You know that. It's not going to happen. Well, I know. It's, and I understand it's tough because they do play well together. But if you're going to end up trading Walker you need to or Sealer, you need to figure out a combination for the other guy that's going to work. You and do. that's really the point we're trying to make here because um, both of them are on the trading block at this point or they're taking calls on them. Right. 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 
So I think as far as the lineup goes, those are kind of the questions that we're asking here. Uh, but, you know, they did get that third win in, in a row. Seattle mm-hmm. was a little shaky coming they back because it was their first game back. We talked about that uh, in the game preview. Um, and I think that worked to the Flyers' advantage. Um, I would say with all the the trade rumors out there, Scott Lawton was on a mission to mm-hmm. be like and make a statement game for himself. And I think he accomplished that. He did, but he probably boosted his trade value. So either way, yeah, I know. Uh, it was one of his more memorable games. He really was good. Uh, I don't love seeing him on the power play. It worked for that game. I don't know if that's a, 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 a good permanent solution. Uh, what was really bugging me on the power play, there were a couple times when guys were slingshotting that it almost got picked off because they just were taking, they were, they were doing a good job of the zone entry. And then it was like, Oh yeah, wait, I'm not allowed to do that. I got to slingshot it. And Seattle was catching on to that. And I just didn't, I didn't like that, that lack of execution. It was a pretty good game for the Flyers. And I say pretty good because I don't know what would have happened if Paling didn't get the shorthanded goal like that really, that did change the game because things were starting to slip for him a little bit at that point. And that gave him the sort of the gusto to get over the finish line because yeah, right. Seattle just didn't have a lot in the third either. They had a little bit, but not a lot. And and then I give the flyers credit for that, but I just, without that shorthanded goal, I don't know how that game was going to go. Yeah, it, it was um, very opportune for yeah. sure. And um, again, Ryan Paling with the with the shorty goals, um, love to see that from him uh, as well. I want to go back to the power play conversation because I think it goes into a little bit about what the strategy for the Flyers was in this game overall that kind of spilled over into what they were doing with the power play because it felt like to me they were making overall in this game more set plays, right? Where they Mm -hmm. were doing more concentrated zone entries. They were taking the puck outside and getting it net front and trying to get net front opportunities, which is exactly what we said to do. So it was the right thing. I think Seattle had the defensive structure to, to solve this strategy a little bit um but the flyers got some really good options and i really liked what they were trying and i think that spilled over into the power play for them because they were running power play one through owen Tippett. first off um with he had three scoring chances for on the power play in this game and then they were quote unquote doing auditions for the quarterback as far as drysdale and york on power play one and power play two um in terms of trying to figure out what to do if zamul is not there right yeah and i i think that overall the power play looked better they did only score one goal of of four in this one um the power play they had in the second zero chances for um and but in the two power play opportunities they had in the third period they had a total of five scoring chances three high danger chances for and i think it it took over the course of the game for them to get that structure and and what they were doing with those units together i think they need another game of that with a little bit of tweaking to really evaluate what's going on here well, I mean, they've had a whole season to evaluate. I'll start there. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> Cam York should never be at the point on the power play because all he does is distribute. He doesn't really shoot. You might get one shot out of him in a power play chance. It's not enough, right? And then, honestly, mm-hmm. Drysdale, he hasn't had a point in five games. He's only had three shots hit the net in five yeah. games. That's a problem, too. 
Well, and and that's what I thought was a deliberate change in the strategy here, because they had been trying to take sh- more shots from the point in the past. And that's where I've, I thought, like, I don't know if this is the right adjustment, but they did make an adjustment here they did. in running it through, you know, Owen Tippett or running it through Scott Lawton as far as initiating the shots. Well, the thing um, about I th- Drysdale is... I think is, that's what was different. Yeah, no, and, and Couturier talked about, like, you know, how that one goal was was really a set play, but really the set play was mm-hmm. to go to the net. Like, we get that. But the thing yeah. with, with Drysdale is, if you're going to truly let him run a power play, then he has to have really control. He has to have full control of the puck. He's got to be able to bring it from one side to the other. They all have to rotate. They don't do any of that, Rachel. They don't. No. And that's where Drysdale's good. He's good when everything starts getting mixed up in the soup. But if you don't let that happen, you're not really getting the full value out of him. Right. I agree with that. And that's why I think, like, I guess the upshot of what I'm saying is that they're trying something. I don't know if it's the right thing, but they were trying something that was a little more structured and a little different. I, I'm not sure it's the right thing, but I need to see a little more of it. That's fair. Um, versus a different kind of team than Seattle, which, you know, we've got another game tonight against a very different team in Arizona. Let's try it out again. Um, but I do think ultimately that's where the Flyers should be headed to have Drysdale, especially be more motion oriented and and carry the the burden of that at the blue line because that is his bread and butter um with cam york being a good option on power play too or zamula to be honest um we'll, i mean we'll zamula is better than york on the power play it's obvious yeah at this point at, at this, this point, point. yes yeah. so but i i did think that spilled over into their five on five play in terms of the set plays um i, I do want to touch on cal peterson a little bit because man um you know our our goalie choice picks are are still laughably wrong sometimes. Yeah, but um, we got Seattle's goalie right, so yes. we'll we'll take that we'll as take a, that as a, a win. small victory. <laughs> but we really thought they wouldn't put Peterson in until tonight's game against Arizona, but they did uh, against Seattle. And you know, I would say it, it was a, a pretty solid game on his part. I, I think that he made some key stops when he needed to, but he didn't see like a huge amount of action. No, they really were trying to limit the action. They also knew that Seattle had only been scoring 2.78 goals per game. So I guess they, they went with that. I still don't love one of the goals that went in over the far side shoulder that he yeah. came out far on that. Uh, I still don't have a lot of confidence in Cal Peterson. He may have gotten the win and gotten through that game, but they adjusted a lot. They did. For Cal Peterson. I think we have to acknowledge that. Yeah, and it was a uh, block shot palooza yes. in this game um, on both ends of the ice, to be fair. And I got to but... tell you, some guys, it's going to start battling. It's going to start piling up because, like, Forster took some point-blank shots. Like, these guys can't keep taking point-blank shots like this and have no – residual effect it's it's going to eventually yeah i think so but uh the flyers do have another opportunity like i said against the arizona coyotes uh tonight and they are a very different team than they were when we saw them last we're going to get into all of that coming up next It is an important point in the season for the Flyers. The team is in the thick of the playoff hunt, but regardless of where we are in the standings, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Fans can also play daily fantasy NFL, NBA, 
Major League Baseball and college football. So Sleeper is your place to go and entries can be made in under a minute. All you have to do is pick whether NHL superstars like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby or Austin Matthews, plus Flyers all-stars like Travis Konechny will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus and more in any given game. To win that 100 times bet on Sleeper, you have to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Flyers fans. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail those picks so you can win big use the promo code locked on nhl and you'll get up to a hundred dollars match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply that's locked on nhl in the code see sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability on tomorrow's show of course we will recap the game against arizona that we are talking about right now plus it's phantoms tuesday they got two shootout wins over this past weekend so we'll dig into the whys and hows of that plus we'll have a mailbag segment later this week so get them in you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail send us a message on twitter or comment on our youtube channel Russ, most recently when we talked about the Arizona Coyotes, it was in relation to the All-Star break and the arena situation. That drama is continuing oh, yeah. and not in, not in a good way. Um, the Yotes, uh, last time we saw them, December 7th, the Flyers won 4-1 to one in Arizona. They had a lot of injuries at that time. Um, but Arizona was in fourth in the Central at that time and they were had a pretty solid winning record mm -hmm. now they've lost five in a row and they're back at hockey 500 it's what happens in the nhl you know these five game win streaks five game lose losing streaks will kill you and and it definitely will sink you they don't have a good road record so that's one thing that that favors the flyers here is their road record really stinks it's one of the worst and and i do think that just has to do with like they're a decent team. They don't have a lot of playmakers on that team. They get scoring, no. but they don't have a lot of playmakers and they're really lacking that. And so I think that really does show up on the road because I think, you know, you need to get some big plays on the road. And so, yeah, this is um, a game where, again, we don't know which goalie. I mean, my guess would be Ingram because they really need the points, but that means they probably won't go with Ingram. They'll go with Vegmelka. But either way, <laughs> you know, they're going to face a pretty good goalie. It's definitely a winnable game in the sense that, yes, they're not a great road team, but now it's up to the Flyers to see if they don't kind of slack a little bit in this game. Yeah, I think that there is a danger there. Although I will say, and I've said this before, this season has been very different for the Flyers in terms of playing to the level of mm -hmm. the competition. They just don't do that this year. Well, uh, there's it's, been moments it's, they don't do it for long stretches. I'll say that. No. That is true. Yeah. That is true. I mean, they have like dips in their play, but it's not because of the level of the competition. I, right. I I truly believe that this season, which the last couple of years, like I would say that sometimes they could play really well against a top team, but then play pretty lousy against one of the weaker teams. But that that's just not the case this year. Um, but I think, yeah, the thing with Arizona has lost any sense of confidence that they have, um, especially their most recent loss was an overtime loss to the Preds. Um, yeah. it, you know, before that they had lost to Vegas, the Canes, Tampa and Florida, all top teams. So they've been playing tough teams 
pretty consistently in this stretch. And that's got to be really difficult for them. Um, whereas I feel like the Flyers um, have been able to step up and win a lot of tough games. And they nip that losing streak in the bud after the All-Star break. Like they really had to. Um, but Arizona... They, you know, when we saw them last, they were allowing less than three goals per game. Now it's above three goals per game. Um, and their stats, they're just bottom third, like kind of team, you know, as far as all their stats go. Yeah. Clayton Keller is like the 40th ranked scorer in the league. And he's a really mm -hmm. good player. But, you know, now they're, you know, depending more on guys like Dylan Gunther and Logan Cooley and, you know, that's always going to be spotty. I thought Cooley would have a better season. He still might have a better half season. Yeah. Um, I don't know what line they put him on, if they have a true fourth line or not. But, you know, that whole thing is, yeah, they, they need to get more production out of young players, which is hard to do sometimes. Yeah, and Logan Cooley was on the top line when we saw them yes. last. Um, but that was partially due to the injury situation that the team had at the time. So maybe he would have been a second or third liner, yeah. you know, all things being equal. But now like in the last game against the Preds, he was on the fourth line uh, with Dylan Gunther and Barrett Hayden. So I, I think that there is some question mark there in terms of what to do with him. Uh, Jason Zucker has been playing pretty solidly, but he's on the third line. So he, you know, he's getting a lot of assists there, which is kind of what he does. But I think that, yeah, there's just some question marks there in terms of who's going to step up and, you know, take the lead with this. Well, team. well, here's the thing. And this is what I would be stressing. I mean, Dylan Gunther has got a tremendous shot and tremendous arsenal. So a game against Florida, he had six shots. He had two points. Then he had right. no shots. Then he had one shot, one shot two shots like they have to make it a point of getting him five shots a game if you get Dylan Gunther five shots a game he's going to start to get points he's not going to get that on the fourth line yeah I, I know I mean I just don't get it but yeah I, and that's you know. why it's a weird fourth line for the yes. O's, right and it's not putting them in a good position to succeed at all no so I think that, yeah, there's just, I think, some discombobulation going on with Arizona. I think, you know, it's hard to say whether the arena drama is caught, you know, in the background is causing any it of it. It doesn't help. I'm sure players talk about it in their spare time because I think even though, ch look, chances are they're still going to be in Arizona next year, but there's a chance they won't be now. Like things are pointing towards that more than ever. And so, like, if you're a family guy or whatever, it's going to, you know, you're going to wonder where you're playing next year. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, you know, the other, I, I would say the one positive thing with the Yotes and something they've done very well all season is getting opportunities net front. Um, yeah. So I think what the Flyers were doing in the game against Seattle in terms of trying to block a lot of shots and clear the puck out. I don't know how successful they were consistently the Flyers were in that game, but I think they're, they're going to have to step that up a little bit against Arizona just to prevent those garbage goals and second opportunities in front of the net. Yeah. When you got a guy like Lawson Krause, he, you know, he could shoot, but he also can, can do that in front of the net. You know, every once in a while, I have to admit though, that Arizona gets an outlier and, you know, did I bet that Michael Carson would have 15 goals? No. No, no, you know, he's a five foot nine guy. 
I would not have get, guessed that. Uh, so every once in a while they get a guy like this, and it's really interesting that they don't get a lot of notoriety while it's happening. So we'll see. I mean, maybe, you know, that's a guy you got to watch out for because he's been he's one of their best goal scorers like he just did. Yeah. And it's and it's weird. And it's just like I wouldn't have predicted that. The other thing is um, I've heard very little trade rumors about Arizona, which normally every year it's just like everybody and anybody from Arizona is on the trading block. Uh, for this team. And it just feels like there's very few people generating that kind of conversation this year because like there's been no individual or not a ton of individual standouts here. And Arizona is ostensibly trying to take that next step forward, but they haven't. So they're in this like no man's land on that. Well, I think the one thing we've learned is when teams are um, either going to change ownership or possibly change cities or whatever, there's usually kind of like a mandate that you shouldn't change things too much. And maybe that's what they're kind of going through. Like Ottawa didn't do too much while they were going under construction with their front office. Right. I feel like this is probably what's happening with them is that with the uncertainty, they're probably like, yeah, we can't change too much here because you know, then maybe the other, you know, the other group doesn't want to get them or, you know, get them in their in their building if they're strip mined or something and so and then not and it's not to say they would have a sell-off but i think you know they might be playing it safe here and they may not do much yeah i think that's a fair point as well all right so we will see how the flyers fare against the arizona coyotes uh, it is monday so we will of course have our nemesis of the week and we will do that coming up next Rack up all the buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams like the Sixers with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. And, you know, and if you are going to bet the Sixers, I would go with the prop bets. I don't know what that team's going to do. They're going to struggle, I think, for some wins down the stretch without Embiid. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. LockedOn has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering all the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league like Locked On NHL. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. Uh, last week, we talked specifically about the Flyers getting back into gear after the All-Star break. You know, they struggled before the break. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've been talking about, I think they accomplished that, Russ, <laughs> getting no those three wins in a row. So proud of you, boys. Um, I think that was a very good thing. And now, you know, the stakes are getting even higher this week. We talked about it um, on Friday show in terms of looking ahead to this week of action. Of course, we have Arizona tonight, but then later in the week, Uh, The Flyers are going into Toronto as their last game before the big outdoor game for the stadium series on Saturday. And um, a big stage for the Flyers for two games in a row this week. Um, A lot of eyes are going to be on the Flyers, especially, I would say, because the Flyers are in a better position than the Devils 
going right. into the stadium series game, which I don't think anybody would have predicted going no. into this season. No, it's a definitely a different kind of feel. And, and, and that is going to, um, it's going to be different for both teams. Like I said, I think John Torrell is going to have to answer a lot more questions than he normally likes to just because with both, both places, he's going to be under the spotlight a bit more, but yeah, I mean, this is a part of the season now that it's kind of a, a little bit of a weird spot with the outdoor game. Yeah, so that's why it's my nemesis is can the Flyers step it up on this big stage? And um, and this game in Toronto, I think, just has a big, giant microscope on it for for everybody in the Flyers organization leading up to it. I think it's it, it's a one-two punch. Well, they may week. get a fired-up Toronto based on what happened with Ridley Gregg and that slap shot. Yes. So I think Oof. so I think that may have lit a fire under him. So that's something else that, you know, the Flyers are going to are going to have to deal with. My nemesis this week is some of the unrealistic uh, trade talk, like as an example. Well, the Flyers will just retain on all three years or four years left on on Risto's contract and, and they'll trade him. And it's like, well, they've got a lot of money already retained with Kevin Hayes. How much money do you think this team wants to retain? Like, it's just. You know, I think people have to be realistic about it. Like, I got a message about Ristolane, and someone's like, that sounds like a summer deal. I'm like, yeah, summer of 2026, because his contract runs out in 27. Nobody wants that kind of term or cash, even if you eat half of it, you know? So I, I think there's a, a realistic nature here that has to and, – and look, I know people hear things, they're going to report them. It doesn't mean you have to report everything you hear. If, you, if I reported everything I heard, forget it. Just I can only imagine the responses I would get. But I'm just saying some of that has me a little frustrated in the sense that some of it is just unrealistic. But, you know, we're in silly season, so I guess that's the way it is. Yeah, I think, you know, you're looking at the more realistic trade options are Scott Lawton, are Walker, are and even Sealer to yeah. a degree. Yeah. Um, just because Sealers had such a great season that I think he's an interesting option yeah. for a depth defenseman for a lot of contending teams. And I think, you know, it's a sell high option. You know, Mark Small's going to get traded, right? He's going to go for a conditional fifth round pick or something and he'll get traded. That's sure. a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that, yeah. And I think, Trading Mark Stahl, honestly, would solve the glut of defenseman issue for the Flyers for the remainder of this season. It would, but it could go the other way. If, if they hang in the playoff race, then Torts might want to hang on to Stahl, and then they could trade Zamula. Don't – I've already, you know, sent out a tweet that I – you know, the Sabres were in Philly recently. There's a lot of talk between the Sabres and, and the Flyers. So uh, I yeah. can't say that Zamula I wouldn't get traded. I can't. I know. And the name that has come up as a return or as part of a package or whatever is Casey Middlestat, which I think is uh bizarro world, but yeah, I, I don't see it happening. I, I just don't know because they have to, <laughs> they have to give them a contract after the season. Like, why would they do that? Like, yeah. I don't think they would do that. So I don't think it'll be Middlestat. I brought up the name of Peyton Krebs, a guy who um, mm. has really been misused. There has got a lot of speed plays center and that would make more sense. Cause he's, you know, I think he's 22, going to be 23. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, th I think that name actually does make some degree of sense. If you're going to get an existing player in return as opposed to, you know, a draft pick or right. or a prospect that's like further down. And they're looking for in, players in too. System. So I could see a, you know, a four-player deal coming out of this. Yeah, Krebs is 30, 23 right now. So 
mm-hmm. just turned just turned it in January. So yeah, I mean that's fine because he he's he's on a line with some guys that have four points for the year on the fourth line. Like he's just not getting used right. Yeah, huh? I think so. But yeah, I think that is a, a an excellent point about. Uh, people got to slow their roll in terms of retained salary. I think, yeah, given the length of Risto's contract, that it's just completely um, out of the realm of possibility, in my opinion, uh, especially given the Kevin Hayes retention, which is, you know, two more years in the books on that at, you know, th- almost 3.6 million. That is nothing to sneeze at. No. That is a lot of money. Um, there's one more year left of Tony D'Angelo money as well at like 1.7. So yeah, that is a lot. So I think that uh, Flyers are going to have to be very, very smart about that. And I think, you know, Risto can play the Mark Stahl role if they trade Mark Stahl. Right. So that's right. how <laughs> how I feel about that. At any rate, that will do it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow to talk about the Yotes game and the Phantoms. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions for us, you can send them in via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.